The information provided in this show is intended for your general knowledge only and is not intended to be, nor is it, medical advice or a substitute for medical advice. If you have or suspect you have a specific medical condition or disease, please consult your health care provider. You are now listening to The Health Hero Show with Tim James. <laughs> What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here, founder of ChemicalFreeBody.com and your host, for the show that defends public health by simplifying and demystifying how to live an energetic life with a flat belly. So if you're into freedom, a healthy gut, and staying young, this is the show for you. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here with another exciting episode of the Health Hero Show. Today in the house, we've got Courtney Turner. Now, today's episode is very special to me because Courtney is a byproduct. Now, spoiler alert. She's doing really well now, and hopefully as we kindle our relationship together, I'm going to be able to share some stuff that I've learned to even help her take her health to even further heights that she thought even thought was possible. But what happened was, and what's the, the big topic today is like things that are bothering me a lot is that I know that, you know, for those of you who've been following us, we, we talk about the umbilical cord studies um, out there where they're testing the umbilical cord blood in the womb of young mothers and babies. And they find they're looking for like 400 toxic chemicals and they find like 71% of what they're looking for. So they find about 250 toxic chemicals in our babies and young mothers. Yeah. So what's the big problem with that? Well, 180 of those that they found caused cancer in humans. So, you know, that's a kind of a problem. I've kind Courtney, you think that's kind of a problem? I, I think that's a big problem. Yeah. That's a yeah. Very and big then they problem. find 212 of them cause developmental and brain disorders and all kinds of problems. So our children mm -hmm. are born polluted, which means yeah. the adults were polluted. Right. So we have got this. This is why I do this podcast is to get this awareness out to people to realize that, hey, guess what? We're all freaking polluted. At some level, we are polluted. And remember, there's 100,000 toxic chemicals out there, guys, 2,000 new chemicals being made every year, and only one quarter of 1% of them are tested. They're released out in the market because we have these wonderful government agencies that are protecting us, right? It's not. Okay, so the working class, we have got to protect ourselves. We have to become our own doctors. We have to learn how to self-heal. We have to learn that we live in a polluted fishbowl, this world today, and we have to have things in place to make sure that our children and ourselves before we have children, so our children aren't polluted, are cleaned up. So we have to have, make sure that our air is right and clean and our water's right and our food is clean and where we sleep in our house and everything and the makeup we put on and the shampoos and the deodorants, everything. We have to look at all this stuff and we have to make sure that it's chemical free. It's just, that's where we're at today. Because if you don't, there is the degradation, the breakdown of the immune system. There's too much of a body burden on these cells and it's tearing us apart. So this episode is about basically the children of toxic parents and what's been happening for a long time. And, and Courtney's story is she is an extreme example of what happens when mom's toxic immune system breaks down and has a has a basically an un, a baby with an unhealthy body. And we don't want that. If you are even thinking about having a child today even thinking about it or in the process of it, just by taking, oh, I'm going to eat a little healthier. I'm going to go get in the gym. I'm going to take some prenatals. You better, you better just look out and be very, you got to have your head on a swivel because a lot of these prenatal vitamins are actually synthetic. They're not good. And a lot of things that are being recommended today. So mothers, we've got to get you back to nature. We have got to get, and we're going to get into that later on in the third segment with solutions and what you guys can do. But I just, I really want to get to the root of the problem. So the root of the problem for these, you know, all these fertility clinics popping up and and kids coming out with dysfunction is we got to make sure mommy and daddy are dialed in with their health before they procreate. That's where we're at today. So, Courtney Turner, thank you for joining us on the show. Welcome to the Health Hero Show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So just jump into it. Uh, let's let's just talk about your story. Let's go back to where you grew up and, you know, that beautiful, clean area and around New York State and and what happened to your mom and what happened to you um, because of it? Sure. Um, well, I will tell you the, the, the story that we've been told, uh, you know, as I was just telling you before we started recording, I have done kind of a deep dive on the whole germ versus terrain theory in the past year. So I have very different views on this than I than the one that I was given. But it's been a real challenge for me personally. 
because uh, you, as you can imagine, it's, you know, my whole life story is kind of been turned on its head. And furthermore, it then becomes a mystery, which I'm perhaps may never be able to solve. Uh, but the story goes that my mom had germ measles during first trimester pregnancy. Uh, the story was actually that my mom's uh, OBGYN was good friends with my father. They socialized. The wife of the doctor had been traveling, contracted this disease. My father uh, then became very ill. And about 10 days later, after my father had been very sick, my mom found a rash on her upper chest. Now, that was really her only simple symptom. So the rest had been very sick, but my mom started doing research and was pretty convinced that she had what's called German measles. So we, okay, we so can I, say- I, This is the first time I ever heard of this. So German measles, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of a different strain. It's kind it's, of a- Right, that comes yeah. out of Germany. That That's mm-hmm. the theory. Uh, you know, there are- uh, Stephen Lanka is the pretty famous doctor, uh, quote unquote, virologist, although he renounces that title at this point in time. But he, you know, he did the studies showing that, you know, he didn't feel that it had ever been isolated, that it was ever proven to be German measles. But it is very rare. It's certainly rare in this country. Uh, most people know it as rubella. So I was considered a rubella baby. Rubella is just another word for German measles. And the way people know it today is they know of the MMR vaccine. So measles, mumps, rubella. I obviously never had the rubella vaccine because I supposedly had antibodies to rubella. My parents were not vaccinated either. So with that, I don't know what other vaccines they did or didn't have, but they didn't have that one. And so... That's the story. The story goes that I was born with congenital rubella. So I was born with several complications. My mother was pretty sure that, you know, she had ha- had suffered from this and contracted it. And therefore she did a titer test, which is for those who don't know, they test to see if the baby has been affected. They read the titer as being 112. The titer was actually 121. Had the doctor read it correctly, they would have advised my mom to have an abortion and most likely she would have because they knew the prognosis for rubella babies was not very good. So uh, my parents actually did sue for my birth. It was called a wrongful birth case. Um, So that was a while after once the, they were able to, you know, find evidence that, you know, that was what they thought that I had, that that's what they thought I had congenital rubella. Uh, the hospital had been covering up when in initially my birth, whenever they were trying to do the test, saying that everything came back normal. The things did not come back normal. They were all coming back inverted. They were just making up excuses. Like my mom would see that one eye was rolling up in the top of my head. She kept asking why. They kept saying baby's eyes don't focus. And she would say, well, one eye focuses. So to give you the litany of some of the complications, I was born with a cataract in my left eye. So I am blind in one eye. Uh, I had several other complications, which led to glaucoma. I had initially had a little bit more vision in that eye, but the, that optic nerve suffered as a result of the glaucoma. A bilateral hearing impairment. I didn't get hearing aids until I was almost six years old, though. So I learned how to speak by reading lips, which the masks were a huge challenge for me. That's actually part of why I moved and why I started the podcast. Um, because I, even today, even though I wear hearing aids, I depend very largely on lip reading still to, for clarity of speech and discernment of uh, language. I had heart surgery when I was a year old. I was born with hypotonic limbs, uh, fine graphic motor impairment, stunted growth, uh, dental complications. They basically told my mom the best she could hope was to find a nice institution for me to spend my life. Fortunately, she didn't agree, but <laughs> that is what they told her. And, you know, the, the point we're trying to make here is like, because we're talking about, you know, the, the level of toxins in parents yeah. and stuff like that. Well, Tim, you know, she caught this German mm-hmm. measles or whatever, but mm-hmm. we, we don't really even know what it was. She was sick. We do know that she mm-hmm. was sick, but the, right. the root cause, because then we have to get to the root cause. Yep. Why was she sick in the first place? Because she was polluted. She was yep. stressed out and there was yep. a lack of nutrition in her life. Right. Yep. So that Absolutely. magical combination that seems to be affecting most of humanity nowadays yep. um, affected your mom and yep. she was weak so that she bore weak offspring. So her defenses were down. She gets sick and then she has you and you have all these crazy things happening. 
Now, yeah. to me, the it's what's really beautiful about all of this is like you weren't supposed to be born, you know, all this stuff, and <laughs> like you're doing more with your life than you know, ten average people out there that are just kind of you know going their consciousness is down, they they're not awake, you know, they're just yeah. getting off work and having a six pack of beer and watching television or something like that. <laughs> you you've got a lot going on. You've helped a lot of people. So, um, and we're going to talk about what she's doing now because she's actually she really got into. She got into movement and moving the body, which is really interesting. Um, and it's a huge foundational piece of what we teach over here is to keep your body moving. Um, the blue zones demonstrate that the people that live the longest, um, they, they pretty much exercise, move their body daily. You know, mm -hmm. these are the, these are the places around the world that have the most centurions, the most people that live to a hundred and movement is very important. And it doesn't mean you got to go down to the gym and kill yourself for two hours, but just going for a walk, going for a hike, getting on a mini trampoline. Uh, being outside, rolling around the grass with the kids, the grandkids, just moving the body, flow, energy, you know, just get out there, do some, do some yoga and you could do it at your house. You could just hop on the, you could, if you're home right now and you're not doing anything, why not just go get on the ground and sit down and start stretching while you're listening to this podcast, right? You know, totally. if you're, if you're stuck in traffic, you can start stretching your neck out a little bit or whatever, stretching your arms. You know, there's things, things you can do <laughs> while you can multitask, right? Totally. All right. So so your mom, your mom gets sick. She has, you have all these complications. Now kind of walk us through what was childhood like for you. Um, it was challenging. It was very challenging. I was very fortunate that there were, uh, you know, my mom, my grandfather, my baby nurse, like really, uh, they got very creative and I was a pretty determined kind of personality. So I, I went through some pretty grueling exercises. Uh, so for instance, as an infant, my baby nurse came up with this idea that apparently she came from one of the British islands. I unfortunately don't recall which, um, I don't know that I knew for sure, but uh, they had this technique, which I've since learned is like an old school occupational therapy technique where she would have me in a wet sandbox and then just place my toys just slightly out of reach. So it would force me to reach for them. And she said she could see I had a determined personality and that I would do that. And it was to stimulate, you know, neuromuscular uh, stimuli, uh, to, uh, coordination, and then eventually lead to hypertrophy. That was the goal and it was effective. So that was kind of one of the, you know, from very, very early age, uh, they were already working on movement techniques. I mean, that's essentially, uh, you know, like the most, uh, basic kind of form of, uh, you know, some sort of rehabilitative, uh, strength training. And, uh, then my mom had this idea, and my grandfather built it when I was little that I used to wear a patch over my sighted eye. So I didn't get hearing aids. So I was almost six. I wore a patch over my sighted eye. So I was essentially blind and deaf for every other day of my childhood. And she had this idea to build a balance beam that I would have to walk on regardless of whether I had the patch on or not. And if I completed it for a full week, they would make the beam narrower. So my reward was another challenge. <laughs> which I'm really grateful for because I think, you know, it's part of why I take on challenges now. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's something I talk a lot about, which I think movement is a really great teacher. Yeah, didn't teach. you say you became a gymnast? I did. And it was largely because of that, I think, because when I went to camp, day camp, when I was maybe four years old, uh, you know, I saw in the gymnasium that they had a beam. And I, I, the first day I was there, I ran over to the beam because it looked so familiar for me. So it was, you know, I mean, a strange environment and, you know, it was awkward and yeah. And I saw the beam and that was comforting to me. And I really fell in love with gymnastics from a very young age. They so, probably yeah, saw other kids hopping up there, falling down. You were like, soup, right like, across, no this. problem. And <laughs> like, Whoa. I actually have a really interesting story with, uh, with gymnastics. Uh, when I was about seven years old there, they, I saw, you know, that I was, on the, you know, I was in the kids gymnastics group. I was seven and there were, you know, the big kids who were doing the team and the pre-team. And of course I wanted to be on the team. And so I saw them doing back walkovers on the beam and the coach had come up to me and told, she pulled me aside and she said, I don't want you practicing these. Uh, you will never be able to like successfully complete it because due to your hearing, your vestibular sense is off. You'll, you'll always tilt to one side and without having, you know, the bi bilateral vision, you know, 
uh, binocular vision, you'll always lean one way because you don't get the depth perception and motion parallax. So of course, you know, they tell me I can't do this. So that, I was like, well, I want to do this. <laughs> and so right. I started practicing, like I, they have like lines on the mat. And so I would just keep doing back walkovers just on the line over and over and over again until I felt pretty confident. I, was like, I got this. I can move over to the low beam and I would move over to low beam. The low beam has, you know, little mats on the side. I felt pretty safe. And then they have these medium height beams and they have crash mats on each side. I finally got to the place where I felt comfortable doing this on the high beam. And of course I'm like sneaking while I'm doing this. Like nobody can, I, I don't right. want anybody to see me. So it's like, while everybody's attention is distracted, I'm quickly trying to do these back walkovers. And I finally got to where I was pretty confident that you know, this was a skill that I could own. And I showed the coach and then she calls me into the office and I, I thought, oh no, I'm going to get in big trouble. And she says to me, so I have something for you. And I have, she points to a t-shirt and then she says, or, and she shows me the team jacket. And I said, well, if I take the team jacket, does it mean I'm on the team? And she said, yes, it does. Mm -hmm. So I, I made the team as a result of defying the orders, but yeah. That is such a cool story. Thank you. Hell, I, yeah. It's like, it almost it brings tears in my eyes. It's such a wonderful, wonderful story. And I hope people out there can relate you guys that are listening. Um, if you've had adversity and somebody told you, you couldn't do something, you did it. And, or if you really had a goal and then you, you persevered, you know, you did it mm -hmm. 10 minutes a day and it might not have happened overnight, but you put in no. the time and the effort and, yeah. And all of a sudden, wow, you, you hit your goal. And then it's like, when you, when you do that, when you do that stuff, that's when it's like really time to really just soak that in, you know? Mm -hmm. And how old were you though? You're, I mean, you're like a kid rocking. I was seven. I was seven. I was yeah, seven, years, seven old. years old. Yeah. Yeah. So all these, all these challenges, all these disabilities, you just keep overcoming, 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 overcoming. You can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. You're like, nope, I'm doing it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> you figured it out. So how, yeah. so what, tell us about how did, how did, so you became a competitive gymnast? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I wasn't like a professional gymnast or anything, but I did compete. I competed all through high school, all through elementary school. I competed in uh, figure skating as well. I used to perform uh, like partner roller skating, uh, pretty much all the independent kind of sports, you know, the individual sports. I competed horseback riding, uh, skiing, snow skiing. I, I did, I did water skiing too, but I didn't compete. But gymnastics was really kind of my, you know, primary well that's pretty good for a kid they said was never going to do anything and then shouldn't even be born you're <laughs> yeah. pretty darn proud of yourself that's amazing thank you unbelievable unbelievable so anyway we're going to take a quick break guys when we get back um we're going to get into um courtney's specialty which is movement and why it's been such an in instrumental part of her life her recovery and her just getting out there and doing awesome things and why it's so important to have in your life as well we'll be right back the average person today is carrying around 6 to 12 pounds of impacted fecal material and mucoid plaque in the small and large intestine. That's gross, but worse, it's super unhealthy. That is why we created Gut Detox Formula. This ancient 1,000-year-old formula from India gently micro-cleanses the intestines, removing all of that funk and gunk and junk that is destroying your health. The best part? It is super gentle, and there is no diarrhea like most gut detox products, and it's made with the same chemical-free body promise, no stimulants, 100% nature, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, health heroes? Tim James here. I am back with my guest, Courtney Turner, the gal that wasn't supposed to be, and now she's doing everything. So impressive. So um loved your backstory i love the story about hey you can't do that and then you did that and then you made the gymnastics team so let's just pick up where we left off so now um you're through high school you're a young adult mm -hmm. and what what was your path like in the the movement or you know fitness industry if you want to call it that so i uh Actually, out of college, I, I pursued acting and I did, I was a backup dancer. I was a backup dancer for a, a Latin pop singer. <laughs> and so, but the one thing that kind of like always, you know, sustained me through everything was my gym routine. It was like something, it was kind of 
like my therapy, really. You know, it was just something that I was never willing to give up because it was my time. It was, I found it more beneficial actually than therapy. I felt like that hour or whatever it was of the day, you know, it was just that consistency. And I always found like, no matter how many challenges I incurred for the day, it was one thing I had some control over that would empower me. So I was always kind of really uh, passionate about it. And at some point, I, I had a trainer who had suggested that I needed reality television show, like a mindless reality show to help me to fall asleep because I, that my whole life would just, you know, fall into place if I could just get enough sleep. That was, that was his theory. And one day he decides he has like the perfect thing. He's super excited about it. And it, he, you know, can't contain himself. He has to show me like in between sets and uh, he's describing the whole thing. And he's telling me how, you know, this girl who's very similar to me, you know, she's, she's very petite. She was a former gymnast and she's the first woman to complete the warp wall. Of course, I have no idea what this is. So he shows me a video of Casey Catanzaro, uh, you know, climbing the wall, like running the course. And I don't know why he thought this was going to be soporific material for anybody, but especially for me. And I thought this was amazing. And I said, on my way home, I, was, I reached out to him. I said, do you think you, we could train me to, to do that? And he said, well, at your weakest point, it's like grip strength and speed. I have a really small hand. So grip strength was always challenging for me. And, uh, and I said, well, if I was good at those things, then why would I need you to train me? Or why would I need to train at all? Right. <laughs> so, and I was like, then not the point. <laughs> so he said, yeah, all right, we, we can try. So, uh, without belaboring the story too much, I'll try to condense it, but essentially I had to make a video to submit, to try out for this. And, I did, and it was such a massive file that I couldn't get it to upload it. Even my own computer was saying that it was like 72 hours to render. And you know, the person who had made it for me told me I had like a two hour window the next day if I wanted any edits made. And so I sent it to six people. I uploaded it onto Facebook, making it a private folder. And the next morning I got a call from one of them telling me that, you know, they saw my video. It turns out that one, somebody else had made it public and I immediately started to cry. And he was like, don't worry, legally, you're fine. He was, he was a lawyer and he said, you're legally fine. You say it's a submission video. They can't do anything. He said, the only, the worst that I think could happen is that you might not get picked to run the course. And he said, just because, you know, the interesting thing about your story is kind of the reveal. Whereas a lot of stories are the opposite, you know, a lot of stories, you hear the story and then you're rooting for the underdog. And he said, with you, I think it's kind of just cinematically from a storytelling perspective, he said, I think it's more interesting to see you do stuff and then hear your backstory. And so he said, it might just not be now that your story's out there. Anyway, long story short, they did not pick me to run the course. And I was devastated. Those who know me, I didn't do pull-ups for six weeks because I emotionally couldn't handle it. This was a big deal, you know? And <laughs> I was like, I, I need a pause. So at the end of those six weeks, though, I felt that it was time to, you know, really to figure out how I could close the chapter and move on. And I'm a big believer that we should take lessons from, you know, our experiences and for, uh, particularly from hardships, but not the just the hard lessons, although those are valuable, but to try and find something really positive that will help propel you forward. And the thing that came up for me was resounding how many people said that my story was so inspiring for them. And it was really, you know, when the lawyer said to me, he was like, the only reason I'm bringing it to your attention is that it's really personal. And I've never heard you share your story publicly before. And he had known me for well over a decade at that point. So, you know, he knew me and I really didn't talk about it. And so, of course, the thought that went through my head was, well, I don't really think it's all that inspiring. I mean, I, I live with me and I don't find me all that inspiring, but, you know, I know lots of athletes with disabilities and I find them really inspiring. So I thought about doing this show where, you know, it would be rewarding for and vindicating for the athletes with disabilities and then inspiring for the audience. And I started talking to athletes with disabilities. And the thing that I found the common thread between all of them was that they didn't move in spite of, they moved because of. And that's where I came up with my, my, you know, my quote that, 
you know, all human beings are designed to move with the ways in which we do are our unique creative ex expressions. And I created a show, it's called Women, What is Movement? And we explore ways that movement helps people to heal emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually. So, so that was kind of, and then from there, I got really involved in uh, like aerial acrobatics and partner acrobatics. Um, and I had started the aerial because I was looking for things to improve my grip strength. And I really just fell in love with it because it was kind of like this hybrid of dance and gymnastics and performance art. And, uh, you know, I was an actress, but it was, I was definitely, you know, struggling to find, uh, and I had started moving much more into producing at that time. So I really wanted that outlet of something that was creative and performance oriented. And that it was also, a, you know, a, a physical practice. So it was kind of a hybrid of all of that. Well, you have a long list of movement accolades, <laughs> gymnast, dancer, aerial acrobatics. And then you actually were a personal trainer for a while. Yeah. Yep. And, and a, a CrossFit, crossfit, cross, CrossFit coach. Mm -hmm. Yep. Hey, just CrossFit. really quick on the CrossFit thing. I always like to bring this up because in my practice, I've seen this where there's uh, a lot of people get injured in CrossFit. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of it's because the trainers are not really reading the individual. And mm -hmm. everything's so competitive where there's the board and they push, push, push. So what, what's your thoughts on that? Just because I know there's a lot of people that are in CrossFit. I mean, I have, I have yeah. personal clients that I've coached that are CrossFit competitors. They own CrossFit gyms. They're trainers. Um, mm -hmm. What would your suggestion, what have you seen in that right. realm? And so what do you think is the best I, I way to, think, to approach CrossFit? You know, I think CrossFit gets a really bad rap. Um, I think that it's like anything, you know, I mean, anything that's high intensity, you're, you're going to get. They, you're going to increase the chances and the likelihood of injury, but I don't think it's CrossFit that breeds injury. I, I do think there are some, unfortunately, not very well equipped trainers and coaches, yeah. but that's true in every, you know, right. every uh, kind of uh, discipline. But I think the thing about CrossFit is that it breeds this kind of, uh, it, it is very competitive. So I tend not, so instead of, I've always been self-competitive, you know, I did all these sports that were individual, So I was really only competing. I mean, gymnastics, you're, it's a team, but you're competing against yourself. You know, you have your own routine. That's very uniquely crafted to your strengths. And so you're not necessarily competing with others in the same kind of a way. Whereas in CrossFit, I think people get this idea in the, it, for some reason, the environment create, because it is a competitive environment, people get the idea that they're a little bit more advanced than they actually are. And they get very caught up in the numbers and these skills are very advanced. So, so Olympic lifts, for example, is not a beginner skill. Somebody who has never snatched before should learn the progressions before they do a snatch. They shouldn't just hop into snatching the most weight they possibly can lift over their head. You know, so I think that's some of the problem. I think some of the other problems with CrossFit is that because of the volume and the intensity with CrossFit, it's not the same as a lot of other, and this is just true for any movement discipline. You, you will incur injury if you do this, but for some reason, CrossFit kind of lends itself to this a little bit more, I think because of the volume and the intensity. But if you take a break, and this is where most of the injuries in CrossFit actually happen. You know, people go on vacation, they take a long time off and then they come back and they think they're where they left off. And the truth of the matter is, and this is something you can probably speak to more than I could possibly, uh, but you actually don't lose strength all that quickly. That's kind of a misconception, but you do lose neuromuscular coordination. So people uh, will hop back in. And even though the strength may not be significantly lower, the priming is. And so they're not you know, they haven't been doing, they're out of the routine. And so they're not as yeah. uh, coordinated and they're much more likely to incur injury or uh, rhabdo, which is just, you know, where if you're, you're, you haven't been conditioned to do take on that kind of volume and then you go into it, uh, you know, at a load that's super high intensity and super high volume, then you might incur. Yeah. I totally get that in a couple of different areas. I'm thinking like, if, you know, I don't play basketball, like I used to play basketball all the time. I was like a gym rat yeah. and you take some time off. It's like, oh, I haven't played in a year. And you start dribbling the ball. You're like, what happened to all my skills? 
And so if I started, like I started a new gym, I'd get up, I'd show up a half an hour early and just work on my dribbling skills, do the drills, drill, drill, drill. And in about two months, I'd get all my skills back. Right. Right. Or right, guitar exactly. is another example. I'm learning guitar right now. So like I'll work really hard on a little riff and then I'm like, oh, I got this wired now. And then I play other songs. A week later, I come back to that riff. I'm like, what the hell? It's like, I, I got to go? build it back again. It's like, it's, it's, it's easier the second time. And it just keeps easier. Right. But you got to, you have to drill and drill and drill and drill and drill and drill until you get that neuromuscular, okay. that connection. So yeah. that's cool. All right. So you, um, again, you're not, you're not even supposed to be alive, right? You were born. <laughs> right. Your mom was very sick when she, you were born. Um, you had all these issues. Um, and through movement, so movement kind of became like part of Courtney, right? So it's just, yeah. so what, how big of a, without movement in your life, where do you think you would be? I don't know that I'd be functional to be really honest. I think that things like these little exercises with the beam, we did a lot of like hand-eye coordination type drills. Uh, you know, there's, I forgot what they're called. I think they're called the neurohacker and they do a lot of that now with athletes, but it was not super common when I was a kid. Um, but there would be all of these different like visual drills. I had to play light bright with a patch over my eye. Uh, all this to say that I think that people underestimate how much of proprioception, motion parallax, uh, you know, the, just these kinds of uh, using your vestibular sense help you to navigate and uh, adjudicate your place in the world. And that's really integral to your development, your intellectual development, your um, certainly obviously your physical development, but I think it transcends just the physical development. It becomes intersocial to understand like your place and space and how you relate to the world around you and to others. Uh, all this to say that I think that, you know, functionality uh, was really enhanced by doing a lot of these movement techniques uh, and training, you know, the, the gymnastics, figuring, you know, figuring that out. But I also think it was uh, really integral to a lot of my um, personal development because I was constantly doing things that were so difficult and I had to take on these challenges and then tackle them. And I think that that is such a great teacher for life because we all have challenges, you know, not everybody was born, you know, blind in one eye and with hearing impairment or, you know, some of the challenges I faced uh, from a young age, but nobody escapes challenges in life. That's just, you know, one of the facts of being human. And so I think that to take on some of these physical uh, challenges, it's very empowering and it's a really good teacher and a great tool for navigating other challenges and obstacles throughout life. So. Absolutely. I've actually experienced that myself, like just the team sports that I've been on and stuff like that, working with art. It's, it's been good. You can take those skills to you with you in, yeah. in your business life and in personal relationships and stuff. In fact, I remember I went and there was this guy, um, he owned a coaching company and I got on a discovery call with him and he, and he said, he said, I really like your profile. He goes, I like athletes. He goes, I really like working with athletes because they already have the discipline in place. They've yeah. already been through that. We don't have to teach that. And then you'll just grab it and eat everything up and just run with it. Right. Yeah. So, so it's really important. So I just think it's really cool that, you know, you got movement into your life and you've used it as a, um, a tool to like heal yourself, like literally. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it's, a, it's such a foundational thing and, and build this strong woman that you are today and, and accomplishing all the things you've accomplished. I mean, it's, it's actually quite remarkable. So for those of you listening, one of the reasons I want to have Courtney on today was because of what I just said. I mean, like you might not have been born, you know, with one eye, basically one eye blind and, and deaf and having all these balance issues, but this gal got, I mean, she's doing back, you know, the back walkovers. I, I remember, right. You just, your feet go up over your head and you land and your feet land behind you on the balance beam and you pop back up. Right. So yep. it's like, if you haven't done that, I haven't, I mean, I think I, I maybe when I was drunk at a picnic, <laughs> but other than that, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's pretty amazing to me that, um, all the things that you've accomplished. So my whole point is, is that if you have struggles in your life, which we all know we have, you know, probably half of you listening, maybe have it worse than Courtney does, but the other half probably have it better. It doesn't <laughs> matter where you're at. It's like, you can always move forward and yes. like, 
no pun intended, but move forward. Yeah. It's movement. Just go. That's been kind of one of my things that I've always done well with is like, if I want to do something, I start taking action in that direction before I even know what the hell I'm going to do. Like literally, I just know I'm going that way. Yeah. And the movement itself takes you to the next step and you can see things that you didn't see before. And you're like, Oh, I need to do that. And then, and then you might fall down a little bit and you dust yourself yeah. off and you just keep blah, 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 and you keep going, you get that movement. Other I've seen some people, they call it analysis paralysis. Like, okay, I really want to do that. And they sit yeah. there and they formulate and I've got to do this. I got to study that. I gotta, but nothing ever happens. Right. Like they, they never move. Right. Yep. So, and if you think about it in nature, just think about it. Do you want to be like a stagnant pond that's got mosquitoes coming out of it? I mean, I know it's part of the deal because um, whatever, or a river that moves. Right. Which one of those do you want to drink out of? A, a stagnant pond or a river? Now, everybody knows you want to drink out of the river, right? Because the river's right. moving. The water's going to be cleaner, fresher. Same thing with your life. You want to have a clean, fresh life. You want to be vibrant. You want to, you want to yeah. be the river. You got to get moving, just like Courtney did. All right, so cool. We're going to take a quick break. and we get back, we're going to get into some of the reasons and actually some of the solutions um, to you know, a lot of our health issues today, and especially for those that um, are children of toxic parents, which pretty much all of us are today. We'll be right back. Turmeric has been used for thousands of years all across India and Southeast Asia and is one of the best anti-inflammatory compounds on earth. Now you can get these incredible benefits with the new chemical-free body Turmeric 100 liquid drops. This ethically sourced breakthrough solution absorbs over 100 times better than regular turmeric products, eliminating the need to add black pepper. Turmeric 100 helps against inflammation and pain and is made with the same chemical-free body promise. No stimulants, 100% natural, and always made in the USA. Get yours today at chemicalfreebody.com. What's up, Health Heroes? Tim James here. I am back with my guest, Courtney Turner. She is the goddess of movement, is what I would say. Um, so, Courtney, like, just like, I, I love your story. I love, and this, it's a big, long story. And I'm sure, you know, we've, we've, with all the stuff that you've done, the gymnast, the dancer, the aero acrobatics, the CrossFit, the personal trainer, skiing, I mean, you just, you are like the movement queen, like literally. So, and I, you know, and you're in good shape. Your skin looks healthy too. So those of you that are listening, you know, I'm really picky about that. So her skin looks really good. Thank you. And that's a, that's, that's, that's a sign that, you know, she's taking care of her internal health better than most. Um, there's always room to improve though, right? I'm always, always looking at myself and trying to make myself better. So let's talk about this. Like if you're a working class person and you're listening to this podcast, like you have to get up, you have to go make a living you know, do that, whether you work out of the home. I know more, more people are doing that today after the whole shutdown deal. Um, but there's still a lot of people have to get up. They could fight traffic they come back home and they're, they're making, they're making some money. Right. And right. they're just trying to live their lives, raise their freaking kids. Hopefully they want a better life for the kids than them. You know, it's, it's kind of a standard thing. We just want to, there's a lot of good, decent people out there all over the world. It's called the working class and that's right. us. And the working class has basically been shit on for for decades after decades after decades after decades by yeah. the people that are so-called in power and we're we're getting our information from places that are basically like wwf wrestling i mean it's like it's a show like watching the news nowadays yes um there probably was a fire on xyz street and they saved the cat okay that's nice right. that was probably the truth but 98 percent of it is just it's like they're reading off of teleprompters yep. they're creating narratives and it's lulling us into these, 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 um, uh, into a sleep. It's, it, it's, it's a story. And they try to hijack your prefrontal cortex and put you in fear mode. And then when you're in yeah. fear mode, you just don't do anything. And then you're, you're, you're led around like a, or you, like you or got you, a hog ring in your nose. Or you latch on to whatever sol quote unquote solution they propose. The huge part of what the fear porn is all about. You know, is they want to drive you towards their magical solutions that just seem to create a whole bunch of other problems conveniently yeah. that they have solutions for. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. So what we want to talk about now is like we want you to realize that all you have to do is go look in the mirror and look at yourself in the eyes and do not feel like a very small person. You have to understand that creation does not make it mistakes. Look in the freaking mirror and look, just look deep into your eyes and you're going to. Hopefully, if you, or for me, is like when I go outside at night, 
and I now that I'm back home in Eastern Oregon, the sky is black and the stars are out. And I'm just like, holy crap, like this experience that I'm having right now, this life that I'm living is freaking magical. Like it I is. am so blessed. Everyone that's listening to this podcast, you are so freaking blessed and lucky to be where you're at right now. Even if, you know, times might be tough or whatever. It's like you can you turn it all around. One, you had a one in 400 trillion chance of being born. That is how much of a miracle you are. Yeah. yeah. And you, you were probably one in 800 trillion. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Right? I, I never forget that. Absolutely. So we have a gift and the gift is us. We are the gift. And For sure. man, it's like, don't want to, don't, don't waste another second on this. Not another day or a minute, but not even another second. It just like, yeah. look at yourself in the mirror and just start loving the hell out of yourself and, um, and realize that you are the solution. You do have the answers. And yeah. if you don't, then find other people, hopefully like maybe like me or like Courtney, somebody that you resonate with that might be just a chapter ahead of you. And you can kind of like pick up on that and get going on it. Right. And from your movement, from you starting to take action in your life and change your life, mm -hmm. you're literally going to be handing permission slips out to other people to do the same. Not that they will. That's right. not your job. Your job is yeah. to just be you and do you. Right. Right. So talking about this, Courtney, as far as like, you know, the working class people, us being this, our own solutions, us becoming our own doctor, us learning how to self-heal, us taking advantage of this gift that we've got. What would you um, give as words of advice in that realm? Um, well, I really like what you were saying about, you know, the, I, the powers that shouldn't be. They, they give out advice that's probably should not be followed. So I think a really good example is like we were taught about the food pyramid and it's pretty much you, if you invert everything they teach you, you won't necessarily hit the truth, but you'll be closer. So the food pyramid is a good example, right? <laughs> you know, basically how they've structured it, if we flip it upside down, is probably closer to more accurately what would, you know, what would be conducive to health. So I think that that's kind of a first step for people is to also to recognize that we are so uniquely individual so there's not blanket solutions for everyone, but there are some basic guidelines that everybody can benefit from, you know, and they're really basic things like get movement every day. And I'm really careful to say movement. I don't say like go train, get exercise, get a workout in because it's really not the same. People, people don't move all that much and you can actually train like an hour a day and be sedentary. So it's really much more about finding and, and not, not to say that, you know, it's bad to train or, you know, to go to the gym or do some sort of formal exercise, but it's not the same as just moving. So I think that that's like a really good start for people. And it's also not overwhelming for people. You can almost everybody can go outside and do a 15 minute walk every day. And you'd be amazed at how how much that helps people because it's like a meditative process. They're getting outside, they're getting some sunlight. You know, we've been lied to about the sun. It's actually quite healing, quite beneficial for everyone. You know, I'm not telling people to go out and like fry and get burnt every day. That's not what I'm advising. But, you know, we, we now live in worlds where we're inside most of the day, we're staring at screens, we're bombarded with artificial lights. And most people don't even get 15 minutes of sunlight a day. And we were designed to get sunlight. So, you know, that's great. Get outside, go for a little walk. It's meditative. People can clear their thoughts. They're out in nature to some degree. And it is some movement. And most people, once they start doing that, will start doing more. And then when you take one little step a day, I think it, it, it inspires you and empowers you to then take on more. You know, like it's like once people start healthy habits, they, they can feel like they can start incorporating more healthy habits. So I, I would say one of my big advice for people would be to start looking for what works for them, you know, not look at, look to, you know, the government, the media, whatever, to give them a blanket solution, start looking at little things they can do in their own life and things that are accessible and tangible and really uh, sustainable. Because I think a lot of people want to do everything, it's all or nothing, you know, they want to make a big overhaul and then they feel like they're a failure when they don't accomplish all of it. So, you know, really tackle, like if it's one thing at a time and something that's really manageable, it, it can actually go a long way, I think for most people. So that's cool. You know, just up, up, up above my parents' property up here, there's a, there's a piece of land, there's a 20 acre piece that I've always wanted to own. This was back when I was elk hunting because, and hunting, because there's these animals go right through this property 
to this uh-huh. orchard they go back and forth so it's like it'd be primo for hunting right. um but it's like i just like the property well this lady bought it and she's been oh. living up there for a while and um i never really met her i didn't know she was married i didn't even know who was up there well i i was back here and i was driving i looked and there was a bunch of wooden pallets and she was moving them and she looked older and i was like well shit i should pull in there and help her so i had my buddy with my I said, i'm gonna go help that lady so i pulled in there and i met her and got to know everything about her and where she grew up at the house next door which mm-hmm. i had some friends living there and anyway she knew everything she knew everybody around i just didn't even know how i didn't know her growing up but um i helped her move the pallets and then i was like well hey if you ever need help with any heavy lifting i'm i'm right down the road i'm your neighbor just let me know and she's like well actually tomorrow there's this da 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 and I could actually use some help. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll stop by. So I did. And, um, she, she wasn't there. Um, but her car was there. I thought this is weird. And I was knocking. I was like, hello, hello. You know, it's up in the woods, dude. It's like, just, you know, out in the woods there. And, um, all of a sudden this big old dog comes running down this trail and like tries jumping on me and stuff. And, and, um, I was like, oh, Hey puppy. And I'm talking to him and I'm like, well, maybe the dog, maybe she's on her walk up that trail. And the dog was head. So I started walking up the trail and then here she comes. And this trail, I know the trail very well, but the trail was yeah. different. It was very well beaten down. This trail was being used a lot and more yeah. than I'd ever seen it being used before. And I thought that's interesting, but I didn't connect it. And then I started asking her, I go, do you walk this trail much? She goes, I walk this trail every morning and every night. And I've done it for eight years since I moved in. Wow. And I'm like, oh. Again, part of the magic formula of movement. Yeah. She was in her 70s and I, she was like 73, 74. And I was like, yeah, this woman is in shape. She's fairly attractive for a woman her age. I mean, I'm like, she's looking damn good. And <laughs> boom, right there, she's eating fresh food, growing some stuff, and she's moving her body. So there's another example, guys. There's another example of why movement every single day is so important. And um, she had the body to prove it and the mental clarity. Yes. This gal was so far away from going into a nursing home. It's like it's not even it's not even on her radar. She's they, sharp as a freaking tack. They've done studies with uh, children um, and test scores, and they've shown that children who had a recess and were able to go outside and play. So, I mean, that's their exercise, essentially. Yep. Right. Um, they actually performed better on tests. So there is a direct correlation between cognitive uh, functions and you know abilities and movement exercise so and they yeah because your brain's that. part of your body and it's yep. the foot bones connected to the leg bone so <laughs> it's yeah. all a big system guys yep. if the brain's not working maybe it's because the body ain't working that well and again yeah. reducing stress getting the chemical toxic overload out of the body good nutrition and then moving the body these are yeah. basic fundamentals that are not going to change no matter who you are pretty much unless you're a paraplegic quadriplegic then you need to be getting massaged to move that lymphatic system and do exactly. whatever you can but it is what it is okay so the solution is you that's what we want that's the that's the takeaway here and yeah. we also want to empower people to understand that if you had some health issues you know it could have been passed on from your parents that's why it's more important to step it up nowadays and for and for those listening that want to become parents how important it is that you freaking love yourself and take care of yourself so that you're in, in you and your wife or you and your husband get really healthy first and then you have that baby because and, otherwise and, you know you're going to be up late at night dealing with a colicky baby you're going to get way less sleep than you could ever imagine and lots of doctors visits and then you're going to have autoimmune disorders throat nose and ear infections and da 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 da, da, da. that's going to be your future and you're going to have this sickly child and this is like a common thing today it's very and the common. chances of them coming out of that like Courtney pretty small, pretty small statistically. Um, and I can tell you, I've sampled a lot of people as far as coaching personally, 600 people. Um, it's, it's a rare rarity. Somebody like Courtney's going to pop out of that mess because it, it's the environment. Your environment was, is what made you, but the, for a lot of people are going to succumb to it. And the kids are just going to eat chicken nuggets and yo-yos and yum-yums and strips and coffee. And, you know, the, they're going to end up going down this nutrient deficient road, chemically polluted road, and with no habits or tools to reduce their stress. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, that's really true. And I, I, one other thing I want to add to that is to really deal with, I mean, as humans, we all face trauma. That's just a, a part of being human. Uh, but stress and trauma do a number on our health. 
you know, there's, there's a lot to indicate that that actually has, you know, in some ways more impact than it, it's a toxic load. We'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, so I think people underestimate, you know, there's a book, the body keeps the score. It's a great book. And it talks a lot about, you know, how we store trauma in ourselves and that trauma can be passed on. So there's a lot of studies on that as well. So I think, you know, I, I'm not saying, you know, avoid trauma, that's not going to happen. But I think people underestimate their emotional and mental well being. And that is something that it, it does have the capacity to be passed on. So it's, it's something that should be dealt with and at least acknowledged. So yeah, and that's where, you know, some people don't even know about this stuff because they buried it so deep. But if you do know about it, maybe you have a childhood trauma or something like that, whether it be in a death or there was molestation or somebody was rough on you. They got beat up because your dad was an alcoholic or whatever, or whatever, you know, it's just being it's in the past. It doesn't exist anymore, but you're dragging that around emotionally, literally okay. physically in your cells. That's what she's yeah. talking about. It's in the what's called the pain body. And, you know, the best way to release that is through crying and you can do an emotional detox. And that's by you, you know, especially for the guys listening. I know like, there's anybody out there growing up on farms and you know you're old school like i was raised and stuff like that getting through and over that ego it is in your way of a lot of your happiness it really is holding you back so we we want to i want to encourage you out there that might have these huge egos and i'm not doing that crap it's like woo woo bs it, it it's i've been through it guys i've been through it i've cried uh, a couple different times uncontrollably for you know 45 minutes to an hour and I felt like I was floating around on a magic carpet afterwards. So this wow. emotional toxins are built up in the cells. And the, again, they call it the pain body. And it's part of the detox. It's no different than detoxing your house and getting that cleaned up. When I go into somebody's house, Courtney, to help them, that maybe they've got breast cancer or whatever, we, we're detoxing their home, their pantry. Their, we just get a big garbage can. We start throwing out way everything that doesn't serve them. And we load it up with everything that's good changing that internal, changing the terrain. We start working on the internal terrain, cleaning up the gut, cleaning up the blood, the fat, the muscle tissue with the products and all that stuff. And, and, and then we're also talking about detoxing these emotions. Yeah. They're huge. In fact, the first few things that we detox are just setting up the stage so that the emotions can come out. It's, it's yeah. the end all be all. This oh, should be one of the main goals of detoxification is to identify and release emotional toxins. Because they're in there just like non at your cells and the accumulation is they're non at you and, and they're, they're dragging down your life force, like literally. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Awesome stuff. Well, is there anything else that you would like to share to as a, a child of toxic parents? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I want to just do a little uh, disclaimer to my parents who I, you know, I don't, I don't want them to feel like this is any kind of a, a blame. We are all doing the best we can. And, yes. you know, in no way did they mean any kind of harm. And they were, you know, I think they did everything possible to right. help and assist me. Uh, but I think it's just a good lesson for people because we're taught that things are outside of us. And I think that I do personally think that's by design because it makes us victims and we're not victims. That just that in no way means that we have control over everything and things will still, you know, we will still incur hardships and challenges and obstacles and, you know, things that we don't want to happen will still happen. But we actually have a lot more control uh, than we think we do. And we have a lot more power than we think we do. So I so I hope that this is to to encourage you know, people and parents to take ownership of their health, of their well-being holistically and not to defer to others for that, that you have so much power over, you know, living your optimal self. So that's really, you know, what I hope people, uh, you know, take away and what I'd like to impart. So it's, it's not to, you know, place blame on anybody and it's not to, right. yeah. But I think that that is, that's what a lot of these narratives were designed to do is to create a victim kind of a mindset and we actually can do so much. So I, I hope that's empowering for people. And I hope it's a kind of an alarm signal for people who are, you know, for instance, looking to have children, you know, to be as healthy and as optimal uh, as they possibly can to create that environment for their children. So awesome. And I want to send some love to Courtney's parents in case they listen to this too, because <laughs> my parents were toxic and I was also a toxic parent. I didn't know. 
I was going yeah. along with a standard American diet, pretty much all the stuff. I would, you know, my my shampoo had sodium lauryl sulfate in it, which is a known carcinogen. My toothpaste said harmful if swallowed. Please contact the poison control center. I was brushing my teeth with it and I was getting my kids to do it. I was just going along with the flow, going yeah. along with society. And that's what a lot of us are doing. And if you want to break free and live an abundant life and live a life where your life is like an ecstatic explosion of joy and synchronicity, how does that sound? You just turn around and go the opposite of society. Right. That's what you do. Be the person that's different. And I mean, that's who we celebrate nowadays. Who are we celebrating? We're not celebrating the Joe Blue who's just doing the same thing or Josephine. It's the person who stands out that says, no, I'm going to go this way. I'm going to do that. And then mm -hmm. that, wow, I, that inspires us, right? Yeah. And if you get, if you get inspired by anything, that means that you are probably needing to do more. You, yeah. there's, there's something inside of you that's telling you that inspiration you're feeling. It's like, you know, that you're capable of more. We're yeah. all capable of more than what we're doing and not in a bad way. So anyway, let's get out of the societal conditioning. Let's free ourselves from our parents and the toxic low. Let's get cleaned up. Let's get healthy. Let's move forward and let's bring the working class together. We really need to unite because again, these solutions are not going to come top down. They never yeah. have, and they yeah. never will. And if you believe that, then you need to turn off the TV because you've been programmed. Okay. That's yeah. just, that's where we're at today. So anyway, Courtney, thank you so much for being here. And, and where do people find you if they want to follow you? So my website's in the process of being redone. So that is CourtneyTurner.com. I spell my name like Courtney. So it's C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y. I am pretty much on all the social media platforms, except for YouTube. YouTube has taken me down and I don't think I'm going to even try. Hey, me too. On. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, oh, well. um, but I'm on all the others. I'm on Rumble, Rockfin, uh, you know, Spotify, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, BitChute, Odyssey. Um, so I'm on all those platforms. I'm on Twitter at Courtney Turner and I'm on Instagram at Kinetic Courts. Sweet. Awesome. So yeah, check her out at CourtneyTurner.com. That's www.Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y, Turner.com. And for our listeners around the world, I just want to give a big uh, shout out of love and appreciation for you guys coming here and listening to myself talk, listening to my guests share their stories. I just hope that you got one little nugget, gold nugget today that you can take with you and start taking action on that's the key is like learning this stuff and then doing and then eventually doing and doing and doing and doing and doing until you develop mastery and then it becomes really it just it just it's like riding a bicycle you can do it in your sleep and then learning something else and doing and doing and doing and doing until you've got that mastered and you just kind of layering this in because i get a lot of times when people are like wow tim i, I couldn't totally uh, I don't know how you do all these healthy things you do. And I remember all this stuff. It's like, dude, I've been doing it for 12 years. Right. I've been practicing and practicing and I'm still practicing and I've mastered some stuff. And then once you master it, you don't even think about it. It's easy. It's like falling off a log. Then you add something else and you add something else and you keep the stuff that works. You throw away the stuff that doesn't and you keep freaking moving forward with your life. Because in the way I see nature work is you're either growing or dying. There is no middle ground. You don't want to be that stagnant pond. You want to be the river, get moving, do it. Courtney did it. She used movement to heal herself emotionally, physically, and mentally. And she took herself from being a child that was supposed to be basically executed before death to, you know, she's got, she's on rock, rock fin and rumble and doing all this other stuff. And like, I mean, uh, it's just like your list is ridiculous. Gymnast, dancer, all this stuff. So we all can do all these kinds of things, whatever your highest excitement in this life, go do it, but don't, ha don't have to insist on a particular outcome. And why I brought that point up earlier, I didn't bring it up, but you did where you, you wanted to climb that wall and do that thing and you're all pumped to do it, but then you didn't make yeah. it because the tape got released. Yeah. But you chose how to respond differently to it rather than being devastated. And I mean, you were devastated for a while because yeah. you didn't do pull-ups for six weeks, but exactly. most people can't even do pull-ups, which is awesome that you're doing that. Yeah. But then you realize that your story wasn't important to you because it was just you and you knew yourself, but to everybody else, it was like super inspiring. So from that process, you learned something else that you could actually tell your story and help affect other people, right? So we don't know how things are going to work, but when you follow your excitement without an insistence on an outcome, it'll just lead you to the next thing, to the next thing. Just be open-minded. We get to choose how to respond to everything in life. 
and I'll leave it at that. So I, I love you guys a lot. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you haven't yet, please like it, share it, and subscribe. And, and please share this podcast with people, um, especially younger couples that are trying to get pregnant. I've been doing a lot of stuff on, on children lately and guests coming on and talk about this because it's so important. We have to get to the root of the problem, and the root of the problem is chemical pollution and the adults. It's dripping down into the kids. They're getting sicker. We don't want any more of that. Let's get healthy adults, and let's start having very healthy offspring so that they can have healthy offspring, and we can start getting back to evolution uh, which I think we're off track right now. I mean, I know we're off track. We're not evolving. We're de-evolving. Let's get back to evolving and get back to evolution and so we can wake up and feel good. Till next time, change yourself, change your world. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening again to the Health Hero Show. I'm your host, Tim James. And remember, change yourself, change your world. And we'll see you again on the next episode. Talk to you soon. You have just listened to The Health Hero Show with Tim James.